We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all Packers news far and wide. My name is Mike Wellen. Joining me, as always, Tyler Grzegorek. And Tyler, it's good to be back with you guys. I had to take a few weeks off due to some issue, family family issues, but one more game left. It's a tough season, but we got one more chance to see the green and gold hit Lambeau Field. Yeah, man, we're glad to have you back. It's been uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks here on the Pack a Day. If you've been following us, you know that uh, Andy took a leave of absence, and uh, I'm sure that if you've been following us, like I just said, you you've probably heard my voice my voice more than you actually want to. But uh, it's, it's been a fun couple weeks, so uh, I'm ready to get back to a routine. Absolutely, and and over the course of today, we're going to be breaking down kind of how the position groups have gone this year, what we think went well, what didn't go as well, what to look for. Uh, Sunday and throughout the offseason. There's a lot to talk about as the Packers get ready for Detroit. But before that, don't forget again, follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast and get all the great information about the podcast itself and about all of the great contributors involved with it as well. And before we get to our main topic, a quick news update for you guys. The injury report came out on Friday for the Packers and Lions, and surprise, surprise, numerous names listed. For Detroit, three players listed as out, including Luke Wilson, Deshaun Shedd, and Ashawn Robinson. Guys like Nevin Lawson, Snacks Harrison, Kenny Galladay, Condre Diggs, LeGarrette Blunt, and Jamal Agnew have been listed as questionable. Moving on toward the Packers, Jason Spriggs and Equinemius St. Brown are both doubtful with concussions, so don't expect them to be playing, so it looks like EQ's season will end early as a rookie. 
Listed as questionable is Lane Taylor with his knee problem. Aaron Rodgers is listed as questionable. We'll so he's listed as good to go. Lucas Patrick is questionable with an abdomen injury. So all the guards are hurt at this point. Fidal Brown is questionable with a toe. Kentrell Bryce is questionable as well. David Bakhtiari, Jerry Alexander, and Devontae Adams is questionable with a knee injury that he suffered early in the Jets game. Uh, well, Tyler, does anything really strike you about those injuries? I mean, I think we were aware of most of those. You know, the Equinemius St. Brown is new, but we saw the hit. I think it was expected that he was going to be on the injury report following that game. Devontae Adams, I think we, I, I know I saw that play and I saw him get uh, hobbled. And it, it's just not a lot of surprising news coming out of that. More so concern on my end. I just don't want any of these guys to sustain any long term injuries in the Lions game, but, you know, I, I do trust the Packers staff to properly handle that, you know, regardless of the players' desires to play in the last game. I, I do trust the coaching staff to make sure that nobody's obviously putting their body in long-term harm. Yeah, and that's the big one, especially with Devontae Adams, because uh, we, we all know he's one catch away from tying Sterling Sharp, two from passing. He's 133 yards away from Jordy Nelson's record for single season, and if he can't go this Sunday, it's going to be, I know it's kind of a disappointment for him as well as for a lot of fans, but I agree with you. You need to still think a little bit long-term and I don't want to sit guys if they're healthy. So I don't, I, I'm a guy who I do I want, I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. I want him to play. I like seeing him play. I think he'll be, he's fine at this point, but if a guy like Devonta Adams, if you think there can be long-term issues, if he were to re-aggravate whatever his knee problem is, then I would like to see him sit. Same thing with, obviously, if even if EQ gets cleared on Saturday, I would rather have him sit again on Sunday just to be safe. He's still young. You don't want to risk another concussion so soon after this one. And we're seeing that we saw it with the Badgers, with Alex Hornibrook, who got a second concussion awfully quick as well. So I'd rather these guys stay safe and be ready for next year because you want a division win. You want to end the season on a high note, but you also want to make sure that you are going to be good for spring camp because you can get an extra couple weeks of camp with new coaches as well and you want to be ready for that and be good to go and be ready for 2019 which could be a very big year with the Bears getting a tough schedule and Minnesota still having Kirk Cousins yeah exactly I think 2019 is going to be a huge year for this franchise uh, not only because they need to rebound but just in general I think they need to reclaim their claim to the NFC North title and kind of reassert their dominance there. Um, it's been a big part of this team's identity for a long time, and I think 2019 is a big, big part of trying to get back to that point. Absolutely. So that being said, we'll turn it now over to our main topic of the day. We're going to break down the position groups, what went well, what didn't go well, and what we can look for both Sunday and beyond. So we'll start... And we'll start with quarterback. It's the easy spot to start at. It's always the most high-profile spot, and it's always first listed on any depth chart, whenever you see it. And Aaron Rodgers has been talked about endlessly over the past 15 years. And so if we, we'll, we'll, we won't touch on a ton here because you've heard a lot on the Packaday podcast over the last couple weeks as well. And we all know it hasn't been his ba banner year for him, he, but, he, but he put on such a good performance against the Jets. And I think that if he embraces what he needs to do he's still going to be Aaron Rodgers he's still going to be magical and be the great one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and I think the Jets game may have been a first step toward getting back to that well here's the thing for Rodgers he's having a down year and he's setting career records like that's just the type of player that he is and the type of scrutiny that he lives with and 
I think that's why it's important to take a step back at times and realize who we're talking about and who we're dealing with because the man is not playing up to his, you know, metahuman standards, if you will, but he's still setting career records and performing at a very high level. Um, you know, the, the game against the Jets was a big step forward in returning to the the out-of-human experience that was Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I'm uh, I, I'm not too worried about the position moving forward. I would have liked to have seen Deshaun Kaiser or Tim Boyle maybe get some reps here in the last couple of games, but I'm not I'm not too bent up about it. Yeah, I'm the same way, uh, and we may see them still a little bit. I guess Detroit, you never know. But I'd rather see them sit almost a full season and learn and watch, and especially with the new coaching staff coming in. Uh, would it be kind of almost wasted reps for those guys at this point coming in? Uh, unless unless they do hire Joe Philbin as the next head coach, which is still, I think, a very serious possibility, a very distinct possibility of that happening, considering how the team has taught, the players have talked so glowingly about him, specifically Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They are, seem to be really, really high on, on Coach Philbin. But that being said, I think I'd like to see in minicamp and in OTAs more what Kaiser and Boyle can do. Work in the offseason with some of these younger guys with them. We know Kaiser's played with EQ before and let these guys get a chance to step forward because we know that both of them have serious talent. I still think Deshaun Kaiser has starter, starting quarterback talent. He just needs the right chance to, to show it. And being un, being drafted and going into the draft too early when he was with Cleveland was not definitely did not help his development, but I think there's still time for him. And Tim Boyle being a superstar among some of our contributors, I think he's still got talent as well. Whether he's a starter or not is unknown, but the fact that he has made it this full season, I think, is a big win for him. No, exactly. It's for any undrafted quarterback, specifically a rookie, to be on a 53-man roster throughout the majority of the season is just a huge victory and a huge accomplishment to him. So congratulations to Tim Boyle for, for doing what he's done this far in his career. Absolutely, and then moving on to to the running backs slash Danny Vitale fullbacks position. What about Jamal Williams? What a what a game he had against the Jets. Obviously, all the talk is Aaron Jones, and Jones is the more dynamic runner of the two by far. But I I I've always been a big fan of Williams' game as far as what he does, all the little things well, and the fact that he can do what he's doing, what he did, or can do what he did against the Jets. I think is going going to go a long way for him, and I think. He, he's made a case to be able to be in a pretty good split with Jones, Jones depending on situation. Because I do think Williams is maybe a little more well-rounded, but Jones is definitely the more dynamic. It's almost like the, it's like a Kamara Ingram situation. I, I totally agree. I think that you know Aaron Jones is, has got to be your number one guy moving forward. But I think Jamal Williams is a incredibly capable and more than capable uh, if those aren't the same thing, I guess, but backup running back moving forward. I think that you do look to address the running back position in the draft. I don't think you go out and sign any any veteran right now uh, to, to maybe come in and be that third running back just to kind of shore it up. Um, I do believe you draft a running back late this year uh, just to kind of shore up the position, but I think that the Packers can feel very, very good about moving forward with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams kind of uh, maybe in more defined roles, uh, but leading this team moving forward. Yeah, I think it more of was a 1A, 1B situation. I do think Jones will get most of the starts, and I think he should get the most of a lot of the... Uh, I think it should be like a 65-35 touch scenario. But I do think Jones should get plenty of carries. I think he... he a lot of people are comparing him to James Starks, and I think that's pretty apt. I also think a lot of Ryan Grant with him 
I think he could be a very good back end. I, I do would like to see him and Jones have a good split, but Jones should get probably the most of them. But there's just something about Williams where he doesn't lose yards. He doesn't fall backwards. He doesn't fumble the ball. He's as a Simon sure as it gets, and he's a guy who you know you can rely on him, and you know he's going to be healthy as well. So I think going forward, that's going to help him a great deal moving forward. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I, I don't ever see Jamal Williams being a true number one guy, but if, if he ever has to have a role in the NFL, it's going to be as that James Starks kind of guy, the guy who can come in and be a spark plug and just kind of do the little things right that you need him to do. Um, and I, I think he fills that role beautifully. And then he talked about some of the backups. I don't think any of them will be on the roster 53 next year. Maybe Capri Bibbs is a third guy, but that's still... I was, was going to say, yes, Capri Bibbs. I mean, obviously there's a long, long, long road for him to make the 53-man roster next year, but he does provide some unique talent to this roster that they don't already have, and that's being a quality receiver out of the backfield. And I think that... You know, there's a there's a potential that he could have a role in 2019 if he's able to embrace his his role as that third down or that not third down, but that third string running back and just the receiving specialist, which I think is something we're going to see more of in 2019. And it, Capri is probably the only guy out of the practice squad, IR and 53 man roster that I would put any money on to be the third string running back in Green Bay in 2019. Yeah, and I think I think the same for like Danny Vitale. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be a long term guy. Nope. I wouldn't be surprised to see, depending on who the coach is, if they do maybe bring in a fullback again next year. Just it's good to have that extra blocker and have that thing. I would love. I, part of me is just being the Wisconsin homer. Me, I would love to see Alec Ingold as like a sixth or seventh round pick because guy average a guy average a touchdown every five and a half touches when he was with the Badgers. <laughs> so yeah, you, you can never go wrong with a good guy for like that on special teams and stuff as well. But I agree. With but you. yeah. For special teams and then also for, um, you know, scheming versatility as far as, uh, I'm sorry, game planning and, you know, just having that body, that type of player readily accessible to to either deploy in your own game plan or to game plan against. I think it, I think it is necessary to have one accessible and ready, whether it's a practice squad or, God forbid, the 53-man roster. I, I don't think that fullbacks are worthy of the 53-man roster anymore, but I definitely think stashing one of the practice squad is a good idea. So more Lorenzo Neal is thinking about punching you. I know. <laughs> it's just the way of the NFL now. <laughs> I agree. So moving on, to, we'll go, we started inside, now we're going to move to the perimeter. We'll move to the wide receiver group. And we all know what Devonta Adams is. He is a top-five receiver in the NFL. Deal with it, any fans who disagree. His footwork is second to none, and he has shown toughness and the ability to play with any quarterback, whether it was Rodgers or Hundley, or even we may see if he plays week, maybe Kaiser or Boyle as well. Beyond that, the young guys I thought showed up pretty well. EQ has really asserted himself as that number two guy right now. He has jumped past um, Marquez Valdez-Scanling on the depth chart, but MVS has shown flashes again. He had a very strong game again against the Jets. Jamon Moore got himself in the doghouse again after going the wrong way on the kick return where he got absolutely lit up and fumbled because he, he went the wrong way from the blocking scheme and got a free run on him, and he got absolutely decimated. But he but there's stories out that he has improved a ton, that he just needs to get some more snaps, so we'll see. Maybe he gets some more against Detroit. Beyond that, Randall Cobb's a free agent. His status is up in the air. John o. Allison's a restricted free agent. His status is up in the air. There is touchdown Jesus, Jake Kumaro. His status is still kind of up in the air. He He's probably got a good shot at the 53 next year if he continues to show up as he has so far. 
And beyond that, there's guys like Alan Lazard who are very intriguing. So I think what we've seen over the past year with these young guys and looking forward, the receiver position is in very good hands right now. They're very young, they're very talented, and they're very, very tall, which I think will really help uh, whatever new coach comes in to bring in their offense. I'm very excited for the receiver group, to be honest with you. I still think that they're going to add to it this offseason. I I spoke with Jacob Westendorf about adding a veteran, uh, maybe via free agency. I I do think that if you add a guy like, let's just say, for example, Tyrell Williams, I do think if you add a guy like that, you're going to be overpaying. Um, And I do feel like Tyrell Williams is just a veteran, Mark Westfeld to Scantling. And I I think you're okay to move forward with the guys you have on the roster plus another top-notch rookie. You know, a guy that's been thrown around a lot is uh, Hollywood Brown, just another dynamic playmaker that you can add to this roster. And the great Packers offense is that we knew the one that won us a Super Bowl back in 2010 were predicated on creating the mismatches and just creating so many mismatches that you just simply could not match up because you just did not have, you did not have the talent level. You didn't have the discipline. You didn't have the whatever you needed to stop the Packers offense. And I think that's something we could see in 2019. If Jimmy Graham can get back on track or Robert Tanyan can pick it up and become a, a vital part of this offense, or if they go out and get a, a tight end or a rookie tight end or just anything, you know, a, a receiving threat out of the backfield, a legitimate receiving threat out of the backfield. I think we could see a very good offense in 2019. I said that we could see a very good offense in 2018, but apparently, you know, they had other plans for that. I I think this receiver group is on track to be as good as the ones we saw in the early 2010 era. That's a bold claim. It's it's, it's amazing Mm -hmm. when you look back on those when Jordan Nelson was your number four. You I know had, you had Driver Jennings and Jones at that point as well, and and also Brett Swain, who was basically Jay Kumarow but a little bit smaller. But mm-hmm. I, I look at, I agree with. You, I think there's a big spot as far as free agency goes. If they do, I think it'd be a slot guy. Uh, I've heard a lot of talking about Adam Humphreys. I'm hearing Deshaun Jackson rumors. I don't know about those guys. I'd rather stay away from free agency right now. And if we're gonna sign a free agent, quote unquote, yeah, I'd bring back Geronimo. Just mm. with with what he we've seen, though he can do it because he is a lot more agile than he was when he came into the league. He has shown ability to break tackles now, and you can maybe put EQ in the slot. You can always bring back Randall Cobb if you think he, he, that'd be a good idea. Devonte Adams is also shown to be a dynamite slot guy. You can line him up everywhere. So there's so much that this team can do at the receiver spot that I I would maybe invest a draft pick, but I don't want to go probably to free agency too much with it and and. You want to trust these guys. You've now given them a year. There's still a lot of talent with those guys. I'd rather bring them, keep them for going and let them work with the new coach instead of bringing in a new face, a new guy that Rodgers has to try and figure out with again after all the change we saw this year. No, I completely agree. I, I do think that the only free agent I'm like sitting down at the table and discussing is Deshaun Jackson simply because I don't care about the money. It's not going to be a long-term deal. Uh, it's not going to hamstring this team. You know, in the future, it would simply be a this is a supplementary piece now. And I'm okay with giving him, let's say, for example, $10 million for two years. I don't care because it's going to be off the books in two years, whatever. So that's the only guy, though, that I'm like shelling out a a nine to 10 to 11 million for. Yeah, I would sign Deshaun Jackson if if you knew he would return punts for you. Because I think that's well, I think that would be a given. 
Yeah. I think that'll be a given because I'm not putting Alexander back there. Cobb has been terrible. Montgomery's obviously not on the team anymore. Jamon Moore can't do it. Marcos Vezes Scantling hasn't found his his role there. Jamon Williams I, almost died. Yeah, so I, this team, again, is still searching for a specialist in that position. And I do believe that Deshaun Jackson, you could be like, hey, we're giving you $10 million a year. Just come in, just be a deep threat, and return kicks. And I think that's perfect. If it comes down to Deshaun Jackson and Trevor Davis, I'm going to be laughing hysterically wherever. But but either way, moving to the other receiving spot, we got the tight ends, and it's not a big stretch to say that it's been a disappointing year again for the tight ends. Obviously, Jimmy Graham, his numbers do actually look better than people realize. He has had, he's having a he's having a top ten year by numbers, but on the tape it has been at times. I do think whatever knee injury he got early in the year is really bothering him because it shows that he can't really plant. And I think that's why he looks slow and he looks kind of lethargic is that I think something happened similar to with Aaron. I think there's some sort of ligament problem with him right now. I think he needs this offseason to recover from that. And then also breaking the thumb doesn't help. And I'm not going to get, I'm not, I'm a guy who's not going to give up on Graham. I do think we could, you saw what he could do in the preseason that just the one driver there. And he was, he would looked, he looked like they were going to be a dominant duo, but injuries for both. They couldn't practice together. And Graham's slowly fading away back into more nagging injuries has really damaged what the year could have been. But I do think for one more year, I don't think there's that big of a risk for him right now. I, I would I would be more than happy with bringing him back and giving him one more chance with a new coach with Aaron Rodgers to really be that same threat that we that we've seen him be in the past. Yeah, and I think he will get that second chance. I, um, I do want to take a second to kind of correct myself because I've been out there saying that it was essentially a one year deal that they signed up to in free agency, but it was basically a two year deal. Um, I had my my option slash out wrong for him uh his out is not until after next year it was actually a three-year deal and i don't think the packers are going to cut him with a substantial penalty heading into 2019 i i wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't in a in a packer uniform next year but i also i'm, I'm on i'm on the boat now believing that he will be there and that he'll get his second chance uh there's been no, nothing other than his performance to indicate otherwise. He's 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 been a good locker room guy. He really hasn't given the media anything to like eat, you know, kind of feed off of as far as like his lack of performance. He's been accountable for himself, you know. Whether that's translating to performance on the field is something we can actually discuss. But I mean, he's been self-accountable to the media, and I I don't have anything against the guy, and I I was. A little concerned that this is the Graham that we would get when they signed him this past offseason um, out of Seattle because you could just kind of see the decline. But I still think that he, he has that that ability to be a mismatch, and I think that that's a valuable trait to have. If he's getting 30 catches a year, 40 catches a year, and he's only putting up 400 yards, but you know he becomes one of your... He becomes your second-tier red zone target behind Devontae Adams. I think that that still has value when you get into the playoffs and these guys, these teams have incredible corners or they're very good scheming. And you have six guys that you can line up and say, which one of these six is going to score? I think Graham still has that, that type of ability. Yeah, and last thing I'll say on Graham is the best thing for him is that he has been out there. He has been playing every week. Even with the knee, even with the finger, he has been out there. He has been playing a lot of snaps. He has 
gutted out. He has done more than other recent tight ends. Obviously, we we know the for a former number eighty that will not be named. Uh, even even Jared Cook did miss quite a bit of time his year in Green Bay. I, I'll give Graham a lot of credit for his toughness. And there's a really good article in the Athletic about Lance Kendricks and Robert Tanyan. And the one about Tanyan talks about how much he is learning uh, from Graham and from Kendricks and Lewis, and how much they have really kind of taken him under their wing to help out. And I think that's a very valuable tool for a guy who's been an All-Pro tight end who has had a borderline Hall of Fame career like Jimmy Graham. But the other guys. It, that is where it gets interesting. We know Robert Tanya will be back next year, at least into camp, and we'll see what he can do there, whether he can build off what he's shown this year. Mercedes Lewis is probably going to be moving on. He may retire. We, he may just go to a different team where he, he may be better utilized. Uh, this year, he just he's definitely, at this point, more of an offensive lineman than tight end in a lot of ways. He is a He's a, still a good blocker, but his, spe- his speed is even more uh, more pronounced than Graham's. And I think he's might have been just a one-year guy, kind of like Ahmad Brooks was last year. And then Lance Kendricks, uh, he's another guy. Contract is up. He's actually been pretty good this year as a as a number three option. He's he's actually got a really high catch rate. He's been a good safety valve out there, and he's another guy who's really good in the locker room and off the field. So I I, I wonder if they'll think about bringing him back at another one or two year one million dollar deal to to have be that third veteran option in the tight end room. I just don't want Lance Kedricks to be that number two guy that we thought he could be when he came in. Uh, you know, Mercedes Lewis, I'm looking at him, and yeah, it has been a little bit disappointing what his production has led to. Um, I do think that, you know, uh, old man time has hit him hard. Uh, I think that, you know, if you're looking for a fullback, obviously he can't provide value to you in the sense of being able to be put on a practice squad or something, but... I think if you're looking for a fullback, I think that that would be a a fantastic way to look. You know, he obviously has the ability as a blocker, and he was a tight end that was actually pretty good, I think, for a majority of his career. Um, I I, I think that would be a fine option to look at if you're looking, if you absolutely need a fullback heading into 2019. But the position itself, uh, I don't think they're going to look at any other free agents. Um, if they do address the position, it's going to be during the draft, and it's a good year to do that. This tight end class is loaded. So uh, I'm, I'm full steam ahead heading into the 2019 draft, expecting to come out with a, a quality tight end uh, for the 2019 season. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'm going to go on the record now, and I'll, I'll get I'll take whatever hate's coming my way. I do not want Noah Fant. I don't want to spend a high pick on him. I'd rather get Hawkinson in the second or third round if he's there, but I don't want to spend a first-round pick on Noah Fant. I think he'll be good, but not great. But I do think they're going to draft at least one tight end, if not two, in in April. So, yeah, I I agree with you on that. It's going to be very fascinating to see. But now, here comes the fun one. And we may just end on offense this week because we're already running kind of long on time. The offensive line. This is fun. Uh, The tackles have been good. Obviously, David Bakhtiari is the number one tackle on Pro Football Focus. And he is the all-pro that he always has been. Right guard has been basically a hole in the ground. Uh, McCray, Bell, Patrick have all had their issues. and But Corey Lindsay's been a good center as well for them. He's a borderline pro, borderline all-pro type guy. So really, 60% of the line seems to be in good condition for next season, but it's those two guards that really make you wonder. And that's going to be the biggest thing for, for me for the offense to get going, is you need to sh- make sure Lane Taylor can return to form, and you got to solve that right guard spot, whether it's with a free agent a decent travel. Madison returning could always be a spot there as well, but right guard has to be fixed. End of story. 
I really agree. Uh, and I, I don't even know if Bulaga is the long-term solution still at right tackle. I think that they need to address that position for the, for the future. Uh, Bulaga will be the right tackle of this team in 2019. That you can take that to the cleaners. But I, I am, I'm just looking at the right side of this line. And like you were saying, they just need to address it. They need to get a long-term plan, somebody to come in in 2019 because what they had out there this year was not it. Uh, Lindsley, Taylor, and Bakhtiari. We all know about Bakhtiari. Uh, Pro Bowl snub should be easily one of the top one, two, maybe even three tackles. I, I could listen to and argue for top three. But he's, he's a top tackle in the NFL, and you're not going to find much better. Um, Lindsley is a Pro Bowl alternate this year. And for centers, I think that speaks more than a lot of other positions because I think centers are generally unknown. So just the fact that he's being listed as a Pro Bowl alternate is I think really speaks to his his quality of play this year. Uh, but yeah, the right side of the line, whoever you want to plug in there and talk about, it just hasn't been there. Uh, Bulaga has been good when healthy, but when healthy is just a big question for him. And I think that they need to use probably the draft, not free agency, to address that position for the long term future. Yeah, makes sense. And I'm so guy. I do think, and I know I'm gonna get more flackless as well. I do think if they tell him to just work at right tackle just be a right tackle, I do think Spriggs could be decent there. He's shown flashes, he's shown uh, decent steps, big, big offseason for him as well, especially with Kyle Murphy now officially he was released off every couple days ago. The only free agent I'm thinking about would be Roger Saffold at right guard. He would be a good, I think, good veteran to bring in if you were... But there's so much to work with this line, especially interior, that the Packers really need to... Sh- really need to make something big happen to get those spots figured out and get ready next year because that's where the biggest problem has been has been that interior pressure so Aaron Rodgers cannot step up he has to bail out of the pocket cutting the field in half and if that doesn't get fixed then this offense is going to probably be stuck in neutral for another year completely agree uh, that's got to be on the top of Gutekunst's list in 2019 I agree and so Tyler, I think we've gone pretty long already. If we get to the defense, we're going to be way, way over. So you want to tackle defense in a couple weeks again? Of course, of course. I can't wait for right, it. <laughs> so, we'll, so we'll wrap up our 2018 with the offense here. So stay tuned for the uh, two weeks from now in 2019. We will talk about uh, our recaps of the defense and special teams as well because, well, that should be fun, won't it? But either Yeah, no. If you follow me on Twitter, you know exactly what I think of the special teams. <laughs> yeah, burn it all down to the ground. But Exactly. But either way, as we wrap up, Tyler, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me, find me on Twitter, excuse me, at Tyler underscore Grez, T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. Or if you don't feel like looking for my handle, you can search my name, which is currently Tyler, hashtag Firezook Grezagoric. Yeah, that's kind of says all you need to know about what you're feeling on special teams. <laughs> you can you exactly. can find me at Mike Wetland, all one word on Twitter. Uh, find me at Dairyland Express with my writings as well. I'm still working on my hockey article that should be coming out fairly shortly for Wisconsin Badger fans as well for that. And of course, follow us as always at Packet A Podcast on Twitter as we as you can find links to all of our work as well as well as thoughts that we have and of course all the links to the podcasts as well, which you can find on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, everywhere. Great podcasts are found. We are there as well. So be ready. There's one more game, and it's just a day away. Packers and Lions, Sunday afternoon. Stay lo- also, stay tuned to listen Sunday morning for our for the Packet A game preview as well for that one. You can hear the guys do that one as well. So for Tyler Grizzagorek, this is Mike Wendland saying so long for 2018. We'll talk to you guys in 2019 for the Packet A podcast. Stay safe, guys. 
From the 16 of New York, first down, goal to go. Rodgers in the shotgun, Williams to his left, here's the snap. Rodgers clean pocket, throws the middle of the end zone. Rodgers with Williams to his right takes the snap. They pick up the blitz. Lock it on the He's got Kumaro right up the right sideline. Cuts it back to the 10 to the end zone. Touchdown. No flag. 49 yard pass play. Kumaro from Rodgers. Motion to the right side of St. Brown. Pips goes to Williams around the left end. Pass and block. He makes the turn to the five. Barrel down to the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, Wickard by Jamal Williams to get the pylon. Seven-yard touchdown run. And it's 21-13 New York. Roger shotgun takes the snap, rolls the pocket right. Looking, now lost it. Right side, got a man wide open. St. Brown stiff arms his way by a man. Inside the 25, put down the three-yard line of New York. Snap, Roger shotgun looking. Steps up, climbs the pocket, throws the left side. He's got more close down to Scanling down the left side, lines 30. Stays in play to the 25. He's down at the 20-yard line. It is fourth and one. Here snaps the Rodgers, looks, pops it over the left side. He's got Robert Tanya that across, across the 40. Between the numbers, brought down at the 35-yard line of New York, first down. Here's the snap, faking handoff, rolling right as Rodgers looks the end zone, takes it himself, he's in for the score. It's 35-29, Rodgers scoring on a one-yard touchdown run around the right end. Takes the snap, back pedals, pump fakes once, and again, holds the left side. Rodgers going to take it himself, to the 20, to the 15, cuts it back in the back of the five, and he's right on near the one-yard line. So fourth down for the Packers, inches away from the lead score. Rodgers takes quarterback sneak, reaches oh. over, and the ball came loose, but it's a touchdown! The touchdown Green Bay! Rodgers reached it over, and the Packers have taken the lead! 36-35! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.